you can take the Blitz with you everywhere you go. Get in the game everywhere with the Blitz 1170 app. All right, welcome back. It's 146 here on the Blitz 1170 on a Wednesday. Hope that you've had a wonderful day so far. You can text the word or words, Big 12, to 918-262-5072. So essentially just text Big 12 to our text line, 918-262-5072, and you are automatically entered to win a a pair of all-session passes to the Big 12 Wrestling Championship over at the BOK Center on Saturday and Sunday. Again, Big 12 to 918-262-5072. Let's hit up the hotline. And welcome in Dr. Christopher Crane from Tulsa Bone & Joint, TulsaBoneAndJoint.com, joining us now here on The Blitz. Dr. Crane, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeremy? All right. Hanging in there for sure. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm fired up for a little uh, pop quiz that we're going to be doing here to test just how much that Matt and I have been paying attention to things here over uh, recent memory. But before we get to that... I sent you a note about an injury that was sustained in a weight room for a starting pitcher for the San Diego Padres, Joe Musgrove. He dropped, and I'm sure that this just felt wonderful. I don't know the poundage on this kettlebell, but he dropped a kettlebell on his big left toe. And as you can imagine, suffered a fracture because of that. So... um. Reading a little further, I saw this line, and it said, which is not the worst outcome given that it's unlikely that the fracture involved the nail bed. So that was my question to you. What does the nail bed have to do with the actual fracture, and why is that considered to be a good thing if the nail bed did not sustain any damage? Well, outside of the the obvious uh, extra pain that that might cause, the the main thing that the nail bed uh, being intact is good for is that it makes the fracture a lot less complicated. The two main things I would be worrying about if the nail bed were also injured or lacerated or damaged or anything would be one infection. You've you've broken through skin. You've you've given bacteria a way to get in into the injury and potentially even into the fracture. And so that would be one of the ways we could define an open fracture would be a break in skin or nail bed damage over a fracture site. And so then you're worrying about infection and talking about things like antibiotics. Uh, and so that that's obviously a whole new layer of complexity. The other thing that can happen in bad enough fractures is that the nail itself can end up, if the fracture were to displace and the two parts of the bone were to move apart and the nail were to slide in between those two pieces of bone, oh, gosh. <laughs> you, you're never going to heal right. And so that's not a good complication to have either. And that tends to end up needing to see a specialist to, to go fix. Ah, so, yeah. There's, yeah, glad to hear his nail bed is okay because it just kind of adds a host of complications when that's involved. Yeah, so I, sure I he's still smarting. I can only imagine, right, with with being a a pitcher and having to push off of of a foot injury like that. I mean, it's now because it's his left foot is a little bit of good news, as because if it was his right big toe, it would have a bigger impact on his ability to push off during his delivery. But yeah, I mean. Sometimes until you have a toe injury, you kind of take for granted exactly what actually goes on within your foot. Yeah, he'll be walking differently for 
a fair while while that heals up. Um, but it hopefully will will do just fine, especially with no nail damage. So that's the silver lining in that. How often do toe injuries come in where it is someone dropping something on the toe? Is that the majority of broken toes that that, that gets seen? You know, it's probably not. I see a lot of contusions from that. Okay. Um, so I see a lot of bruising. I see a lot of just large bruising patterns over the top of the foot, a lot of swelling. Uh, but fractures from drops are, are less common. I suspect it's because he was probably not using a light kettlebell. <laughs> Either that or he's doing kettlebells with flip-flops on or something like that. Yeah, because people uh, just don't pay couple, attention. Uh, <laughs> I know a couple weightlifters who swear by doing all of their, their heavy lifts barefoot. And I, I don't know that that's a medically sound practice, but it's something <laughs> I've seen lifters want to do. Uh, so Oof. who knows, maybe he's one of the one of the crowd that subscribes to that. Ah, God, can you imagine... A 45-pound plate just slipping off and slamming on your bare foot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, nope. Not for me, man. I'll uh, I'll definitely be wearing shoes. Not that I'm always in the gym, you know, slapping 45-pound plates on anyway. All right. Dr. Christopher Crane joins us here on the Blitz 1170. So, Dr. Crane, we were talking. I said, hey, is there something you want to talk about? And you said, how about a little bit of, like, a pop quiz or trivia uh, on a few uh, injury issues. And I said, you know what? I'm game. I'm game. I'd like to see if I've been able to um, basically pick up any knowledge of anything that's been talked about. So I will give you the floor, sir. It's fantastic because now I get to ask you the question. It's always been the other way around. The, the power that I feel is immense at this moment. I, I hope so, that you do not have an expectation level up from us at all. So. Well, I mean, we'll see. I think that some of the most of these are new. What I ended up doing was uh, I have questions where the the answers are different types of sports. Okay. And so I'm just gonna throw out. And these don't have to be, you know, super mainstream. They can be a little less frequently played. They aren't all football. I'll put it that way. Oh. Um, but let's just let's just throw throw a couple okay. out here, and we'll 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 see how how we start out with. So. Uh, so first off, uh, looking at the NCAA, they started an injury surveillance system back in the 80s, and they have found that for men's football, there's about 2.5 concussions for every 1,000 athletes every year. Okay. So what NCAA sport had a higher rate than that? Oh, can I can I guess this one? I know this one. Absolutely. I I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah. say, Matt, I'll, you can go ahead. Soccer. Okay. That's a good guess, and if, if I hadn't read this, that would have been my guess, too, but it's actually not. Okay, all right, because that takes take, takes mine away because I was going to guess women's soccer yeah. uh, on that one as well, so I'll go a different route, okay. and uh, I, I don't know, gymnastics? Oh, That's probably man. a good guess, too, but the by the athlete, per thousand athletes, so it can be a smaller sport, it's actually women's ice hockey. Okay, oh. all right. Yeah, a little bit so more they, they violent. They managed to uh, generate I, a higher number of concussions per thousand athletes than than football does. Do I get a half football. a point for having women's <laughs> soccer and women's hockey? Absolutely. Okay. Th- thank Absolutely. You. Thank half, you. It's half to like zero, that. which is a roaring start. Um, so Jeez. now that we're talking hockey. Uh, they, there's a specific type of health issue that really only shows up in hockey. Uh, or, or other ice rink sports, but there's there's a unique issue, and this is probably a little bit of a read-my-mind question, but 
what what unique health issue do they deal with uh, in in hockey? Um, I would think that it had man. Can I just guess like general regions of the body because of the skates? I mean, I I, I don't know. Do they deal with uh, a certain type of of lower extremity injury because of of the skate? No, it's a good guess though. Good guess. Okay. Does it have to do with the mouth? <laughs> well, I'll give you half the point for that too. But okay. no, the answer is actually air quality. So these indoor arenas. And they often use gas or propane-propelled uh, resurfacers for the ice between all the uh, between all the periods. And they don't have the greatest ventilation in every arena, or the plastic barriers kind of limit airflow around the sides of the arena, uh, and they breathe heavy. So there's actually the highest incidence of carbon monoxide poisoning and just general breathing issues and air quality problems. In hockey, and they they've actually started to look more at air quality standards for arenas now because of that. So not something you'd expect, but you do breathe through your mouth sometimes. So I'll give you half a point for that. I've Thank you. never even heard of that, Doc, at all. Yeah. Well, I, I will say. I mean, again, these are hockey questions we start yeah. with, and that's not Oklahoma's biggest sport. But yeah, that's a that's a thing they're fighting, and that's a unique problem when you think about other sports. Wow. So I just looked up real quick. I threw this in. This is from a, um, a, a a television station in Michigan. And this was from 2017 during January. And this said that uh, in Michigan alone, um, there was a city that had 43 calls on carbon monoxide that was due to just hockey players. <laughs> that, okay. All right. Wild. Yeah, it, it it's uh, it's a problem, and it's it's definitely not something you're going to see in football. But it's 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 out there. Makes for a good fun fact. You know, parties. I know the parties you're going to, Jeremy. You're going to need that kind. Of, yes, uh, yes, indeed. Wine. You're have to go with that. <laughs> All right, this is a, a a sport that's really kind of more popular since the '60s. Uh, but what sport leads to injuries on the left side of the body three more times? than the right side. Three times more on the left than the right. I have Matt in any idea. It's so, popular since the sixties? Yeah, it kind of took off then, yeah. Tennis? Uh, no, but that's not a terrible guess. No, it's skateboarding. Oh yeah. Standing no, on that the boards makes sense. in a specific way, falling forward. Uh fun fact for skateboarding too uh, 25% of newcomers to that sport are injured their first time out. It's true. I, like, destroyed my ankle as a kid whenever my first time skateboarding. Very first time. High rate of injuries. Uh, so that's that's exciting. Uh, and then the other sort of similar sport that often also has a large number of injuries, about 50% of the injuries in the sport happen in beginners snowboarding. Oh, yeah. I've known people that have gone snowboarding for the first time and have wrecked themselves with yeah. with what is supposed to be a fun trip and has ended up costing them a ton of money because of the injuries that they have sustained because of trying to snowboard. See, but I'm so dumb and stubborn that I would just keep going and end up getting hurt. Well, good luck with that if you can't even stand. 
<laughs> yes, you just fall over immediately. It's, it's less fun. But, yeah, both of those board sports uh, have pretty high injury rates for the newcomers. And then once you get good enough at it that you can stay on the board, your injury rate risk goes down substantially. Does it Not, go, never zero, but – Does it go in, Doc, to – is it like uh, – or the most of the injuries – fractures and, and ankle injuries and things like that that are sustained the first time? Yeah, actually, in, in skateboarding, especially, it's a lot of upper extremity because they, the main risk is that you try to catch yourself when you fall. Uh, and you see this in snowboarding, too, especially when you fall backwards. It's almost reflexive to reach your hand back uh, and try and kind of catch yourself, and then you just end up hurting your wrist uh, or your shoulder because of the force that involves. So, yeah, pretty, pretty common. That's funny because I just listened to a podcast with Tony Hawk the other day who broke his femur finally at the age of 50. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, my, and then tried to go out too early, Doc, and was super confident because they had placed a rod in there and then displaced oh. uh, the bone again and had to go back in for a second procedure because he was out there too early. Oh, man. Yeah. Does that sound more or less painful than dropping a kettlebell on your toe? Tony said that it was the most – he said that he was uh, on the gurney and they had transported him um, via ambulance to the hospital, and he said that the most pain that he has ever felt in his life is when they had to roll him over to check, like, his spine and everything else and that his legs stayed in one place while the rest of his body rolled over. He said that that in all of my injuries, and he's broken – hundreds of bones and had so many injuries as Tony Hawk tends to do being one of the greatest skateboarders ever. He said that he has never experienced pain like that in his life. Well, I think we can be grateful for our health after this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just yes. Reflecting we can. on, on how we're, we're, our toes are not broken and our femurs are intact. And <laughs> those, those are blessings we can count. Indeed. Indeed. All right, Doc. Good stuff, man. I appreciate that today. We'll have to uh, we'll have to do that again coming up in the next couple of weeks. Do a little research and uh, play a fun little game with most common injuries. Tulsa Bona Joint, TulsaBonaJoint.com is the website that you need to go check out right now. You can see all the profiles, including our very own Dr. Christopher Crane, who joins us every single Wednesday at this time here on the Blitz 1170. Doc, have a great rest of your week, and we'll check in again with you on Wednesday. Sounds great. See you then. Thank you. That is uh, again Dr. Christopher Crane joining us via. Tulsa Bona Joint, TulsaBonajoint.com. Yeah, when I heard Tony Hawk talking about that, I was like, oh, no. No. It's like a requirement. They had to roll him over. And they said they tried to give him this basically legal version of heroin <laughs> to stop the pain. And he was like, no, I don't really want to feel like taking that. And she said, oh, honey. But you do. You're really going to need to take this. And after that first movement, he was like, yes, ma'am. I believe I will have some, please. I would like the heroin, please. Please give me the legal heroin. I can't remember what medicine, what the name of that medicine was. All right, it's 201. Take a time out. When we come back, we'll talk with Eli Letterman. T aficionado Eli Letterman. That's next year on the Blitz 1170.